0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com, that's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, GetPuroAir.com. Hello there and welcome to episode 126. On today's show, we are talking about what it really looks like, so what it's really like in real life to not buy new stuff. My guest and I specifically discussed today the most common roadblocks that people face as they attempt to take a step back from consumerism, including how to navigate holidays and birthdays, what exactly to say to friends and family who may be less than supportive, and why it is important to be loud and proud as opposed to quiet and timid when advocating for yourself as well as for your choices. My guest today is Aaliyah Mohammed. You will hear Aaliyah say in our discussion today about how she had an aha moment as she was taking out the garbage. Aliyah's aha moment led her to ask herself some tough questions and ultimately to make some big changes to the way she lived her life. Enjoy the interview. Aaliyah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to discuss your one whole year of no new spending. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to pick your brain. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and blessed to be here. I'm really pumped to share my little story and my adventurous year.
0: Well, I was just saying to you before recording that I love talking to real people who are doing real things that listeners can perhaps potentially take a little nugget of wisdom for, or perhaps potentially do a little bit themselves. And I really try to make this podcast practical and actionable, and I feel like you're the perfect guest to come on and inspire us all. But before we even get there, tell us who you are and what on earth you are doing.
1: Yeah. So my name is Aliyah Muhammad. I, I live outside of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I recently graduated with a bachelor's and now I'm, I'm working on my master's in marketing. And as I was going through my education, I felt like really lost on what direction I wanted to, t- I mean, most people probably feel this way at one point or another, but I knew I wanted to do something and I just didn't know what it was. And I, um, I eventually found my current job, which is for a company called Life Straw And they're a company that provides safe drinking water to low resource communities. And we do that by selling really cool water purifying bottles. And if you've seen those straws that you can drink out of a puddle from, that's the company that I work for. Um, and it really just researching the effect of, um, you know, industry on the environment had me, you know, start this incredible journey, which is, that I've committed, 2020, I'm not going to buy anything new. And I am really excited to explain that a little bit more.
0: I am excited for you to explain it too, but I want to just touch on something you said, and that was that you recognized the impact that manufacturing has on the environment. Can you just go a little bit deeper there and really spell it out for some people who may be listening that have no idea what you're talking about. How does manufacturing hurt the planet?
1: Sure. I mean, there are so many different companies that have committed to becoming carbon neutral and committed to plastic-free packaging and committed to like leaving as small of an impact on the environment as possible in production. But because you know, we as consumers demand so much so quickly. And with such instant gratification, companies are just have to be able to to meet that demand. So we're talking like hundreds and hundreds of gallons of oil used and water and all of these different resources for, you know, something as simple as a, a t-shirt to get to your front door, it takes this incredible journey. And when I began to research. Ethical companies and companies that have committed to, you know, a sustainable mode of working. I realized that in order to sleep at night, I was going to have to, you know, say no to certain things and choose to say yes to other things. And that's why I spend, you know, 40 hours a week trying to work for a company that has the same ethical and environmental values as I do. Hmm.
0: I feel as though. On this podcast, I often talk about an item's afterlife. And when I started getting into getting into sustainability, I only thought about the afterlife: where does this go? As I was minimizing my house and decluttering my possessions, what really got me interested in the eco-friendly lifestyle was, oh wait, where is this going to sit for the next five, eight thousand years? And I didn't really consider anything things before life, but I, what I hear you saying is that the manufacturing, so the mining of the raw materials, the manufacturing, the dumping of toxic waste products in waterways and in our soils, and then the shipment of those items to our stores or to our front doors, all of that has a great impact on our planet. So. Fast forward to your no new spend year. I know you said you started in January, so you're just about five months in. But let's even go back further than that. How did you prepare for this year? Did you do anything in November and December of 2019, or did you just jump right in? (laughs) Well,
1: I'm not going to lie. I did a little bit of preparing. I think I feel like maybe I should say what happened that got this whole this whole ball rolling. Right. So it was in. Like November of 2019. So, just last November, my partner and I had a weekend where it was just like our normal life. And I realized that we had t- taken the trash out to the trash bin on Friday. And then again on Monday, we took the trash out, like a full trash bag. And previous to this, I like honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you, like, I care about the environment. I love the environment, I like hiking but I never really gave this exact situation much thought. So we took the trash out and I was like, oh my God. And it just hit me, right? I was like, oh my God, I just took the trash out twice. I was like, where is this even going? And then I was like, what if everybody took their trash out like this much every day? And then I was like, oh my God, people do that. And then I was, that's, that's eco-anxiety, right? So it just started my, the wheels in my head were turning. And I was like, everybody's throwing their trash out every week that's being collected by complete strangers and like dumped in a hole in the ground. It's basically organized littering. Literally, it's basically organized littering, right? Like, what's the difference between that and throwing my trash out of my car? It's because it's out of sight and out of mind. And I was like, oh, gosh, I could feel in my chest. I'm about to do something crazy. (laughs) I was like, oh, here I go again. And so, yeah, I did. I I started researching and I learned a little bit about the zero waste movement. And then I pulled like an all nighter one night and I was like, I can do it. If other people can do it, like I can make less trash. It's not that crazy. So I started researching how to make less trash. I began composting. So I did a little bit to like ease myself into this world before I made this commitment to start in January of not buying anything new.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so two two clarifying questions. The first is: Are you generally a spontaneous jump right in with two feet type of person, or no? Um,
1: yes, I am. I'm I'm very like impulsive, and I commit to things before probably before I make enough I m- make enough uh, small decisions to lead up to that point. I'm just like, okay, I'll do it, and then I do it and then i also I also forget sometimes I do have a life partner, and I just sort of dragged him along into this whole thing.
0: <laughs> okay, that was my second question. How does your life partner feel about <laughs> a no a full year of not spending on anything new?
1: Oh man he you know what he is awesome i He's so on board with and so supportive of these things. I think initially the resistance was. He didn't feel like he should have to commit to it. And I, I, you know, have repeatedly had multiple conversations around like, dude, you don't need to commit to this just because I'm doing it. Like we can, we can be on our separate journeys. That's totally fine. But once you see somebody, I think this is why people like me are kind of annoying because once you see me doing something, it, it does have like a side effect. I'm not making you feel bad intentionally. But you have a conscience, right? And you recognize that, you know, these decisions that I happen to be making can be made by you as well and probably, you know, should be if you're going to, like, you know, make it easier on yourself.
0: That's awesome. And it's so great to see that ripple effect. I feel as though in my life, um, a lot of my friends and family because I have a sustainability podcast, their first reaction is maybe to be defensive or or to personalize it almost. Like somehow my decision to start a sustainability podcast means that I think they're doing things wrong. And I think that's human nature to like personalize things and then get defensive. But on the flip side of that, I do see people in my personal life Making some real amazing changes. So it's always interesting to me. You can't so much quantify it. I can't quantify the impact that doing this for 126 and counting episodes is doing, but I do, I do see some changes. So that's pretty cool. All right. So you had an aha moment and then you started doing this for five months. I want to know though. How hard has it been, really? How hard is it to not buy new things for five months and counting? Um,
1: to be honest with you, I think overall, honestly, like, no, it really hasn't been that hard. It really hasn't. I get teased a little bit, maybe. <laughs> like, people tease me, and I- I'm down to be that chick who organizes the trash at the party and makes sure all the cans are recycled. And I don't buy presents, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get to at some point. But um, I think the, the most challenging thing is was breaking that consumerist habit, which I think plenty of us have, especially like if you have a family and you're in a rush and, you know, you need to like pick up something on your way somewhere. It takes me slowing down. So that was the biggest challenge for me is to just say, you know what, I can wait a couple of weeks. I need to research this. I need to see. You know, if there, if I can find it used online, or if my neighbor has it, and I can just borrow it really quick. So that was the biggest challenge, is being like, I can't have it right away. I love to have things right away. I'm a busy person, and like we talked about, I'm very impulsive. I don't like to just do things like with effort. I want the easiest route to my answer. So slowing down has been my my one of my hardest moments. And one of the biggest challenges. Another thing that I struggled with, um, I feel once again, how we talked about how a lot of people around us sort of get a little bit defensive or feel challenged in a way by our behavior. So for me, like if someone says to me, let you know, let, let's go shopping. That's not fun for me. I don't want to go. I'm not going to go shopping with you. I just have to say, you know, like that's not fun for me, but like I'll meet you for a beer after, you know. <laughs> Um, and then finally, actually, it sounds like the way I'm talking about it, it sounds like there's a bunch of challenges, but I think my biggest challenge and my hardest moment had to be when my research and like learning about all of this led me to the final moment where I realized that unbelievable devastation that's caused by the animal agriculture industry. And I had a horrible... <laughs> real coming to the light moment when I realized that I couldn't sit there and be an advocate for the environment and run a blog about how I'm not buying anything new while like entire forests are being ripped apart and it's because I'm, you know, not I'm living in ignorance really. And so it it was hard for me to to start this because things keep coming up and you continue to learn. And a lot of times because I am so committed to you know, respecting my environment and respecting the earth and being a good steward of, you know, my personal space, I think it leads me to make even more commitments and even more decisions and annoy more people when I'm like, no, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that. And then, you know, it just leads to more uncomfortable conversations. But honestly, overall, not buying new things has had insurmountable and wonderful side effects versus the challenges it's much more I'm much more happy now to be honest with you
0: Hmm. it sounds to me like this year for you is so much more than a no new spend year it's more about a journey towards more conscious living on all fronts would you agree with that Oh,
1: one hundred percent. I thought I was just gonna only buy secondhand for a year. I was like, I'm just gonna thrift shop for a year, and I'm just gonna not impulse buy, and then that'll be it. But like one thing leads to another, and it, I, I, it's like the scales fell from my eyes. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, I was actually t- just remember how I was telling you right before we started recording. Like in this situation, it would be great to have a microphone, so that I don't sound, you know, a little bit distant, or so I sound better on the podcast. But I only had two days and I didn't have enough time to look for a used microphone that someone didn't want anymore. So I didn't end up buying one at all. And things like that, I never would have thought of before. And I never would have thought, you know, that's a good thing that I'm choosing to make a little bit of a sacrifice for the fact that I don't want to deal with the end of life of uh, used microphone. Like, what am I going to do with that after it's bri- broken? You know what I mean? I don't, I don't even need it. So, you're exactly right. It leads one thing to another. And it's so interesting to watch how my life has been transformed just because I got a little bit froggy in November and decided <laughs> to start
0: researching something. You had mentioned earlier about how it was. Sort of difficult to break some old buying habits. And I'm definitely going to ask you if you have any tips for listeners who know their buying habits maybe <laughs> need some tweaking. But before I do that, you know, I have to ask you, how do you rectify your values with your friends and family? And when I ask that, what I mean is, what do you do for their birthdays? And how do you have these frank conversations with them about how your life and your values are changing. How does
1: that work? So, uh, well, I honestly have the best family ever. I I really do. My, my family lives far from me. We all live in separate places. Um, But I think it culminated the perfect example of how wonderful my family is, is that my partner and I had to cancel our um, wedding due to unforeseen circumstances. And honestly, with this whole COVID stuff, thank God we did. But my family just crushed it. They threw a party at a restaurant for us. It was literally zero waste. Nothing new was bought. They didn't buy us any presents. All of the gifts were things like beautiful handwritten cards, a family photo book. We rented linens so that nothing got thrown away. There's no like napkins or paper towels. And I think that sort of demonstrated the fact that they're so supportive of me. That's just not how we usually roll at all. Like we're very, I'm. my family is just like me, you know, we're like, let's have a party. Like this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen and who cares, just buy it. But um, now, you know, there's a little bit more conscientiousness involved in everything. So when it comes to birthdays and Christmas, things like that, I've honestly just changed the way I look at it. If I think of something specifically that I know somebody has wanted for a long time, they would really love it. I can try and find it used. Almost every like seriously, almost everything you can find used online. It just takes a little bit of effort. I don't buy stuff just because there's a birthday coming up. I know that's a little bit outlandish, but I just think it's absolutely ridiculous to buy stuff just because somebody stayed alive for another year. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. But I, I don't I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. I like to mark occasions. For example, I threw my partner a surprise party in the backyard for his birthday, and like that was the whole present. The present was the fact that I threw the party. I took the time to orchestrate it. I planned the food. Who would bring what? I got the yard looking cute. That stuff takes effort, and that's the stuff that you're going to remember. I'm trying not to just buy a gift simply because it's the 25th of December or simply because it's so-and-so's birthday. So Christmas is something I don't buy stuff for anymore. If I do, it's a consumable, like a beautiful wine or an oil. Last year, I made like lip scrubs and face masks. And then I put them in reusable little mason jars. And then we did like a little spa night. So things like that, it's really the quality time is my favorite thing to give people. And that's what, you know, they want to do, you know, anything they want to do, I'll do it with them. And then that's how I show people that I love them.
0: Hmm. So does that make sense? Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful thinking about the party you threw for your friend. I would assume that taking all that time, effort, and energy to throw that party, you put so much more thought into that type of gift than you would if you just went on the internet and hit buy for some trinket. But I'm wondering if you have friends and family in your life who are a little bit more materialistic and expect not just a physical gift, but a nice gift. Have you, have you experienced that or no? Yeah.
1: I'm I'm part Middle Eastern. So my, my Egyptian side is very, it's not, I wouldn't use the term materialistic, but the culture is that you can demonstrate, you know, excitement for somebody by giving them a gift. And that's just how it, how it is. Like, so when I bought my house, my father gave me, I, he didn't, I guess he might, you know, I don't know. I didn't tell him not to get me anything because I didn't want to be disrespectful, but he gave me these beautiful hangings to put on the walls. So that's him saying, you know, I'm pumped for you. But for me, I've explained, I had to explain to him, like, when I come to visit you, I'm going to bring you food. I'm not going to bring you a gift. Like I'm going to bring you, I'm still going to bring him something. But the the truth is that people who are a part of this culture or, are slightly more materialistic, I'm okay with disappointing them. I'm okay if my values don't line up with their values, as long as I'm showing respect how I think is best. So if they're a little bit disappointed, or maybe even slightly offended, I'm happy to invite those conversations into our space and be like, here's why. And I still respect you and I care for you. But I just don't, I'm not doing this for a year. So
0: it is what it is. Totally. I think you really hit the nail on the head. I get a lot of this question from my listeners, and that's why I'm pressing you on it, is we have values that differ from our close friends and family. So how do you rectify that? And I think, again, I think you said it perfectly. You really just have to grow some thick skin and boldly do what you think is right. And if somebody's sad that you didn't get them a beautiful physical gift, that is their problem. That's their problem.
1: Yeah. And and the other thing I want to add when it comes to that is that it truly gets easier to have those conversations. And once you have the first one, the first time you ever disappoint somebody because you didn't give them a present It's so easy to react in anger. It's like, holy cow, like, is that seriously all you think of me? Like, that's all I'm worth to you is, you know, yada, yada. But you have to push that pride down, right? And say, like, the truth is that they're acting, they're hurt. And so let's have a conversation about that. And once you do, you, it builds confidence within you to be like, you know what, I am making the right choice. I can thoughtfully and mindfully express my perspective to somebody. And it's okay if they don't agree. And then it just, you move forward. That's life. You know what I mean? You can't make everybody happy, but you can treat everybody with kindness and respect. So that is how it is.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And to take that a step further is I often worry about, I stay up late at night thinking <laughs> about what our consumerist culture is doing to our planet. It's not sustainable on an environmental level, on a financial level. It's just not working. So how do we step away from such rampant overconsumption? Well, one is a pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic has done wonders, but the other is a lot less forceful, and it's more silent and more um just behind the scenes and it's having those little conversations with people yeah. and almost putting your foot down silently quietly with respect cuz if enough of us do that it's going to again have that ripple effect where things start to change for a lot of people so
1: exactly it's
0: all, it's about just being bold and just doing it
1: <laughs> yeah just do it it. You can do it. I mean, even I. The other day, I have the perfect example. Is I. I was like, I'm gonna start riding my bike. It's ridiculous that I don't ride my bike enough. So I took it out of the shed, and sure enough, it's a flat tire, and I don't have a tire pump because why would I have one of those? And I was like, oh snap! I have to buy a. I have to now. I have to find a used tire pump and buy it. So I'm like on Craigslist. It's like 35 bucks, and I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm only gonna use it like once, just to. So I was like, Aaliyah, just knock on your neighbor's door and ask him if he has one. And I was so nervous. I was like, I can't do it. I can't. So I like got up the gumption. I maybe had a glass of wine and I like walked across the street and I was like, Frank, do you have a tire pump? And he was like, oh yeah, it's in the shutout back. I'll show you. Literally a three second conversation. He was like, just bring it back when you're done. And I was like, oh my goodness. I could do this with so many different things, right? It doesn't, it can be anything. You could just look at the neighbor and be like, oh, we've decided to participate in a community together. Maybe they've got my back and just like kind of assume that they do and show gratitude and appreciation. And they'll probably
0: always have your back because humans are cool like that. You and Frank are going to be new best friends. I can just feel it. (laughs) You two are going to be besties very soon. But you're right. We don't knock on our neighbors' doors anymore. We don't share resources. We just head to Amazon and click buy. And we need to get back to that simpler you know, sharing, not just of stuff like bike pumps, but sharing of ideas and sharing of time Mm -hmm. and sharing of childcare, because I almost feel as though every day, those things are lost a little bit more. Girl, I'm with
1: you. It's actually really sad. I mean, especially living in, I live in Baltimore area, so it's not like the most peaceful neighborly kind of vibe out here, especially, you know, with everything that's going on. But it doesn't mean that everybody is a jerk. It means A lot of people are just kind of a shy or apprehensive. And if you are an adult I wouldn't recommend that like kids go over to neighbors houses without their parents knowing but like if you're an adult and you want to like change the way that your community interacts with one another it literally starts with just knocking on somebody's door and it doesn't have you're right it doesn't have to be a bike pump like it could be like hey do you want to sit outside and have tea do you want to look at my garden
0: do you (laughs) want to watch my kids (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding You already segued into one of my last questions for you, which was, what advice do you have for listeners who want to be more conscious in their consumption? And you aptly said, be bold. You said, don't be afraid to talk to your neighbors. Do you have any other suggestions for people who want to, you know, stop going to Amazon for every whim and want and need and instead search out some alternative means to acquire what they need? Any other ideas?
1: My thing is probably like to start slow, right? You don't need to like go a whole year without buying anything new. You don't need to make a blog and make an Instagram so that everyone can hold you accountable. But Steph, I actually heard you say this on your podcast before that the easiest way, and this is what I do, is ask yourself a series of questions, right? Start with not can you afford it because you probably can afford it. But is it truly how you want to spend the money that you've earned? A dollar is a lot of money and it adds up. So if you can probably afford anything that you actually, you know, if if when it comes down to it, but is it how you think it's best to spend your money? That's the first question. Do you really need it? Probably not, right? If it's a new t-shirt or like a new pair of jeans, your old jeans are probably working, right? They probably fit fine. Um, Is there a more ethical way to get it is my third question. So if you've decided, yeah, I'm going to buy this thing, I'm going to get it, whether you need it or want it, whatever, you're going to get it. So is there a more ethical way to get it? Is there a company that you can buy it from that has committed to sustainability? Can you buy it secondhand? Can you get it at a thrift store? Can you borrow it? Whatever it is, you know, try to find the least negative impact, right? The the least bad way of getting something. And then follow that with how will you dispose of it at the end of its life in a way that sits well with you. So, check in with your conscience. How do do I feel comfortable tossing this? Do I feel okay donating it? Who would I donate this to? Things like that. And then finally, is there a more sustainable version of it? So, let's say you want, you know, a new pitcher, water pitcher for, you know, you're going to have a backyard barbecue, like maybe we get glass instead of plastic. Maybe we make, find one with recycled glass. Maybe your f- neighbor has one, things like that. Those questions slow you down a little bit so that you're just not mindlessly hitting buy and consuming and ending up with, you know, 50 Amazon packages. At the end of the day, it's that hit buy button <laughs> that has people, you know, up to their neck in debt and actually not even liking what they ended up buying in the first
0: place. One more question before we close. Well, actually, two more questions. (laughs) My second to last question is, a lot of people resort to e-commerce, online shopping, just pulling up the app, hitting buy for whatever they need because they are time crunched they are stressed out, and they do not feel as though they have the mental space or the time or whatever they need to do their research and acquire stuff in a more ethical manner. Do you have any words of inspiration or motivation for those listeners?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely feel that situation. I think I've come to the realization that it's a privilege to be able to slow down, right? It's a privilege to have spare time and not be working constantly 12 hours a day. And it's a privilege to have the option to spend more money to buy something in a sustainable way. So I I feel that struggle and like I understand that. And I think the best thing for my only inspirational words really would just be to do what you can, right? You don't have to make a sustainable purchase every single time you purchase. But just even thinking of it is a, is it's a good way to keep it top of mind, right? And if you say things like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in a rush. I don't, I have to, I'm just going to buy these paper towels. You know, they're quick. Like, okay, cool. Next time, maybe see if you can just like grab a few rags. They're in the same aisle or like rip up an old t-shirt. Things like that. Make those small choices and Pretty soon you'll find that you're actually saving time and money when you make ethical decisions because stuff like this, it just, it pays forward and you end up saving yourself time and because time is money. So if you're saving money, you don't have to work as hard and you can like end up having a little bit more time to make more sustainable decisions. But I mean, everybody's journey is different and I'm not here to place judgment or to say people should or shouldn't. I would just say if you are considering making sustainable and ethical environmental decisions that I support you and I'm grateful for you.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for mentioning the privilege piece. It is definitely something that we can all overlook. We are privileged to slow down. And if we um, do find ourselves privileged, we could potentially use that privilege towards the greater good. Alia, where can listeners follow your No New Spend Year online?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So I have a blog.
0: It's the no dot com. So
1: www dot no new project, all one word dot com. And my Instagram is at no new underscore project.
0: Well, I am so excited to be following you. I can't wait to see where you go in the next seven months I actually please reach out again in December so we can talk again maybe we can do a follow-up
1: <laughs> that would be so fun I wonder if there's a way I could figure out how much money I saved I bet there is I bet there yeah
0: is. yeah you totally could spreadsheet <laughs> that
1: <laughs> absolutely thank you so much for having me Stephanie it's such an honor I've been a fan of your podcast for quite some time
0: I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Aliyah Mohammed. I have linked to her socials and to her website in this week's show notes, which you can find at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 126. Now this week we have an eco tip and it comes from Rachel. Rachel listened to last week's episode all about eco-friendly ways we can enjoy summer. And she reached out to alert me to the wonder that is tinted mineral sunscreen. I am clearly so out of the loop because I did not even know this existed. I go to the beach. I lather on the white stuff. I look like a ghost, but I don't have to because of tinted mineral (laughs) sunscreen. Thank you so much, Rachel. It is basically reef safe, mineral-based sunscreen that does not leave that eerie white glow on your skin. Thank you again, Rachel. I am so excited to try out a tinted mineral sunscreen myself, I have linked to a few brands that Rachel recommends in this week's show notes if you are interested. I hope you all have a wonderful week in which you are staying home, you are staying healthy, you are loving one another, and you are remembering that we are all united. Take care.